Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include comas, fantasy violence, detailed descriptions of gore, tentacles, death, guns, and blood. Arc 3, Episode 11, Renegade Flesh, From Never to Dream of Spiders, by Audrey Lord. What wakes you, Dewey, is the sound of a birdsong. A cardinal perches on the railing of the balcony that protrudes from your room in the hero's quarters in the tower of risk and reward. This little bird sings sweetly with its beak, its intelligent, beady black eyes glittering in the light of the morning sun. As the cardinal continues to sing, you, Dewey, begin to stir. You're lying in a bed, a nice bed, a soft bed. The smell of cinnamon tea suffuses your nostrils. Your head hurts like you pulled an all-nighter and your hollow bones creak at the joints. Your body feels like it hasn't moved in a long, long time. As the tendrils of sleep and nightmare pull away from your consciousness, you become distantly aware of light. Warm light filtering through a window nearby and a fresh breeze. You open your eyes and see a familiar room. The same room you stayed in before you left for the carnival. 
the carnival, your heart drops. Memories wash over you like waves pounding against a sandy shore. Yes, you were in the carnival. Hana was there. Uilani rose, but now you're here. And you are alone. What do you do? Um, as Dewey realizes that he's awake and all the stuff that's happened, he, I think, like, closes his eyes and, like, lies really still and tries to go back to sleep. But he's been asleep for multiple weeks, so there's no way he's going to be able to fall back asleep. So he, um, I guess, slowly pushes himself up, so he's sitting. And kind of just uh, sits up in bed, zones out for quite a few minutes, no one's sure of how long. Just like events of the past couple of weeks flashing through his mind. Dewey, you lie there in a state of... What's, what emotion is flooding through your body, right? Is it shock? Is it grief? Is it guilt, insecurity? It is disappointment. Because everything that happened, happened. Sort of. Okay. You lie there staring at the blank white ceiling arched above your head. Disappointment, right? Just surging through your body like a heavy stone lying on top of your chest, weighing you down. And then you hear footsteps approaching the door. Familiar, peppy footsteps. You'd recognize them from a mile away, tangas. And the smell of cinnamon tea becomes more pronounced as tanga approaches the door. Do you do anything, or you just continue lying there? Uh, he's just lying there with his eyes open, yeah. Okay. Um, your vision is a little blurry because your glasses are not on your face. The door creaks open. You see Tanga's form silhouetted at the threshold, and she's whistling and humming to herself a little Nibalian song, and then she draws to a like abrupt stop at the base of your bed as she realizes your eyes are open. Do we? Dewey! She sets down the tray and rushes over to your side. Oh, Dewey! Dewey, are you awake? Dewey rolls over towards, uh, to face Tonga, and, um, I think, like, if she's reaching out to him, he, like, takes her hands and kind of, like, buries his face in them. Oh, Dewey! Hey, hey, you're okay. Um, oh, whoops, I wasn't supposed to say your name, uh... That doctor person will probably be a little mad at me, but whatever. Uh, what's your name, person? Do you remember it? I think Dewey just keeps like uh, holding on to Tonga, and he's like, and he says Tonga's name. Uh, I'm I'm Tonga, yes. Uh, but what's your name? Do you remember? I need you to look at me, please. Uh, he's not gonna look at her. Tonga says like, "Do you remember your name?" He just nods. Okay. All right. Well, here, you must be so confused. Tonga picks up your glasses and uh, slides them onto your face gently for you. And the world uh, switches from a blur into crisp, right? Like crisp detail. And you see like Tonga's concerned, like very round and sweet face, like looking up at you, her, her dark eyes clouded with worry. And she pushes a mug of tea uh, into your hands. Please drink up, Dewey. Here, this will calm your nerves. Dewey sits up and holds the holds the tea in his lap and looks down like is just staring at it but not drinking it. Uh 
So, Cardu, you haven't said anything since waking up. Are you okay? Can you speak? Can you understand me? I'm okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, you must be wondering what's been going on and where everyone is. Well, here's the thing. And Tonga fills you in. Uh, she talks about how Dr. Aluso came, you know, after two weeks of, you know, a week of radio silence from y'all. They made the three-week trek all the way down from the edge of the Euclid chasm uh, to Rosso, the capital city of the championship, right? She talks about how she and Xiaohu were pulled out of the carnival like the rest of you. There was an explosion in the heart of Clothal Jungle, which you recall now as she's talking. You recall the Big Top. You recall Scott and Nectus. You recall the judgment of V. Nocsherzo, right? Like her golden heart uh, glimmering in the air. You recall being flung, flung through the atmosphere and then the tendrils of your nightmare, like still sloughing off of your consciousness like black tar. It's the last thing you remember. And then Tanga talks about the meeting with Atalanta, uh, gathering everyone to go to try to find Cain who presumably still has Scott and Nectus inside, inside of them. Uh, and the final decision for everyone, Oka, Manaya, V, Xiaohu, Dr. Aluso, Rev, uh, and Talat Ohm, right, uh, to infiltrate the lair of the Kusin Guild to find Bloodthirst, who will have a lead on where Kane is. With that, like, Tonga stops speaking a couple, like, of minutes have passed at this point. She's staring at you very carefully like you're a wounded animal. Do you have any questions, Dewey? Are, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. So, with the rest of the team, is Al looking for bloodthirst? Yeah. Um, oh Xiaohu sent me a message. Uh, Ree said that they'd found some sort of entrance into the sewers, which is where the Kusing Guild is headquartered. Uh, they sent Manaya, Oka, and Via head first. They'll be bringing up the rear guard in just about 30 minutes or so. Uh, but Cardu, I think you should rest. Maybe you should take it easy first. Yeah, I don't know that me joining is going to help any. Uh, well, uh, that's not what I mean. I, I'm sure your presence would help. Maybe even change a losing battle into a successful one, because you're amazing, Cardu. Everyone thinks you're amazing. Uh... But maybe the first thing you have to do now is take care of yourself before you can take care of other people? Yeah, it's best I don't get involved right now. They're capable. They'll be fine. All right. Well, why don't you just wait here? I'll bring you some food. Tanga gets up and, like, pats you on the feathered shoulder, and she hustles outside. So while she's gone, Dewey, what do you do? Dewey sets the cup of tea on the nightstand and pulls the covers off, uh, gets up. I think he's going to go to the balcony. Okay. I think you can see, like, from the balcony through the open door towards where Tonga went. So he's going to... He's actually going to... Uh, there's, like, a... What's the thing that, like, provides shade to a balcony? Like an, o like an overhang? Yeah. He's going to, like, make his way up there. Okay, um, you're gonna fly, presumably? You're gonna flutter up there? He's, he's, yeah, trying not to fly, because he, like, pulls himself up, and he's, um, you know when you don't use your, like, muscles for a while, and then you use it, like, really suddenly, and you're like, ah, god, oh no. Uh, that happens, but he makes his way up there and sits on the overhang. 
Okay, uh, you slide open the glass sliding window slash door that leads out into the balcony. The cardinal that was singing a sweet bird song on the railing takes flight and disappears off into like a uh, off into the sky. Right uh, as you approach, you clamber your way onto the overhang and you look out over all of Rosso which sprawls open underneath you, right? This urban city center, the sunless sky illuminating a dull gray light over everything. Shops, you know, people bustling to and fro, children running around in the streets. Uh, you see residential homes, you see spires of, of smoke and gas rising from larger factory-like buildings. And then you also see the seven other towers of Rosso spiraling up, punching into the atmosphere in the distance all around you. You smell like the clean, crisp air and a nice breeze brushes and ruffles through your feathers. What's on your mind as your uh, taloned feet dangle over the overhang? It's hard to realize how many people are in a, like just how many people are in a city um, until you're up that high and they look like ants on the ground. And to do it, it just feels like this entire city full of people have bought into the championship and it feels so wrong to him. He thought he was going to like stay objective and not get like when he came to work here, he tried not to get caught up in it, but it happened anyways. And the people that he met and loved were taken from him because of it, because he got carried away. His family was taken from him because he got carried away in his work and it just seems like his fault it feels like it's his fault as you're sitting there wallowing in all of this right a very like somber feeling weighing down your feathers you hear the door from inside your room open and you hear tonga go cardu uh, cardu i stick a wing over the edge of the overhanging like wave oh there you are. Tonga makes her way to the balcony and she's got like uh, kebabs. She's like holding like two, two meat kebabs, uh, one, one vegetable kebab uh, in one hand and a meat kebab in the other. She makes her way to the railing and looks up at you. Cardu, uh, here, you must be hungry. He'll take it. You know, now that the carnival's gone from Clothau, I was thinking maybe we could go down there and try to find that rune. That'll help you with your bomb watch. It's probably a good idea. I'm not helping anyone by being a literal time bomb uh, traveling with them. <laughs> well, you know what they say. You gotta help yourself first before you can help other people, right? Yeah, uh, I guess. Can you come down from there? I'm not very good at climbing. I join you, but I don't want to fall over. And I haven't invented wings yet. That's on the list. He... Slowly, like, slides down and lands on his feet. You land on your feet, clutching your uh, vegetable skewer, and Tanga sort of, like, brings, like, a matronly arm over your shoulder and leads you back into the room. All right, let's head down to Clotho when you're ready. And on the two of you, retreating into the hero's quarters, and Tanga sliding the balcony door closed, uh, we cut to uh, a door... <laughs> sliding open but this one is in the back room of a fruit stand and the door that's been slid open reveals a long rickety flight of uh 
stone stairs leading down into the depths of Rosso. A disgusting smell wafts up from under there. It's the sewers. There's no sugar coating yet. It smells like awful and disease uh, and like disgusting things, right? And gray and black water. Uh, there's no, no light down there, uh, but sort of rimmed at the edge of this door. Oka, Manaya, and V, the three of you stand with Trenchfoot having just uh, opened this door with, with the uh, key strapped to her waist. And this lizard folk uh, woman turns back to face the three of you, a big white smile flashing on her sharp teeth. She says, All right, are the three of you ready to meet BT? Right, let's go. Manaya goes to duck through the doorway. Hold on now, hold your horses. I'll be your guide through the sewers. After all, I'm going to need to uh, be the one to introduce you to Bloodthirst. And Trenchfoot takes the first step down. Oka and V, what did the two of you do? V uh, goes ahead and casts light on the diamond in her palm to light the way, allows everybody else to go forward first and but as trench foot is going in be like you've always been the best you're thank you so much for all this work you're putting in for us and helping us you're very welcome v anything for an old friend i think oka also tries to cast light and i say tries because they like open their hand to cast light like they have for the past i don't know month like every day for the last few months uh and it like kind of sparks in their hand and then goes a little red and then poofs out and they kind of look at it and they like try it again and like there wasn't even light that time and they just kind of fuck and they kind of like look at v for a minute but then i think like everyone's going and they just kind of follow v obviously sees this because v is waiting to hold up the rear and it's like is everything okay, Oka? Yeah, I just... It's like the... I, I, I can't really... The weave is still here. I can still feel it. I just can't make the light. And they're, like, trying a few more times. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired or something. I, maybe it'll come back. Everything's fine. I've, I've got enough light for all of us. Manaya, Oka, and V bringing up the rear. The three of you follow Trenchfoot down this narrow passageway, down, down, down into the bowels of Rosso. Until finally, Trenchfoot, who has lit a torch, like fire, sparking into existence at the end of the stick, lands at the bottom of this flight of stairs. And the three of you hear the rushing of water uh, as you enter into a sewer system, right? A wide sewer system. This thing is maybe like 15 feet across with like a 15 foot tall, like arched, right? Cement ceiling, everything smells awful. Um, There's like a little like walkway on like on the side that, you know, you've arrived on and on the other side, uh, another walkway, uh, but it's interrupted by a stretch of like 15 foot wide uh, sewer water, right? And you're not exactly sure how how deep the sewer water goes, uh, but Trenchfoot just says, don't step into the water. Try to avoid that. Hear me? If you value your lives. 
Ugh, loud and fucking clear. I think V is gonna like kind of be on the edge doing a little bit like, what What do you mean like this? Just like, whoa, whoa, and like just is playing with everybody. Okay, uh, make, a per uh, make a dex save. Oh gosh. Tempt fate <laughs> and fate will tempt you back. What did you get? You said dex save, so. Yep. Five? That will not be sufficient. You gonna take it? Let's do it. Okay, V, you're dancing on the edge. At the edge of the walkway, Trenchfoot goes, you fool, just as your foot slips on a patch of like moldy slime that's sort of everywhere in this sewer and you fall into the water. Uh, v, as you splash into the gray water, it, it splashes up. Because you failed so hard, I'm not gonna allow other people to try to save you from falling in. Uh, and V, you're going to take uh, a fun four points of acid damage as you nice. splash into this disgusting, irradiated, like corrupted, filthy water. Perfect. The current is rather strong though. So now Oka and Manaya, you can do something to try to pull V out if you want as she gets borne down this disgusting waste river. Manaya casts a lazy glance into the water and for a moment considers and then rolls her eyes and thrusts out her hand. And in the water where V is, there is sort of a, a as air and wind fills the space around her and it, it swirls under her and starts uh, starts to lift her out towards Manaya. And V technically needs to make a strength save. You can let it happen, V, if it seems like it's trying to save you. Um, well, it was a net one, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the winds pick up as Manaya uh, curls her fingers. And V, you are rather unceremoniously uh, thrust by this, these whipping winds back onto um, the shore, the land. I'm guessing it's like concrete or something. Yes, it's concrete. Yeah, concrete and stone. <laughs> uh, v, you splatter onto the ground as a gust of wind deposits you uh, in front of Manaya, Oka, and Trenchfoot, and you're just covered in gross stuff. So V, why don't you tell us like what is like something that's like clinging onto your body, like an object that's that's found its way onto you? How about like the? This is a callback to an interlude. A chunk of like watermelon shell is like hooked onto her, her shoulder, and it's like it's like suctioned on. She has like <laughs> off the shoulder. <laughs> that was a horrible noise. Thank you for that, Erica. Uh, you peel off the watermelon, and you toss it back into the uh, filth river, and it disappears under the gray water. Oka, how are you reacting? Uh, I think Oka had gone to like l give their hand to V when she fell, and then they like kind of looked, and they're like, uh. Uh, and just like stepped back a little and let uh, once they felt like the winds picking up, they just kind of like were like, and now they're like, okay, are we are we done having fun? All right, have you learned anything from this V? Tell me, please, tell me, fucking please, that you've learned something today. You know, when my old friend Trenchfoot gives us instructions, maybe we should listen. I'm gonna trust what my friend says now. Life lessons, everyone. Life lessons. Let's. Uh, we need to move. Right, V, get up. Hold your arms out. Feet apart. Okay. Okay. Uh, like all of a sudden, V feels like very like regimented and like puts out the, the light again. Right. Stay still. This won't hurt. 
Manaya thrusts both hands towards you, and those same winds, with just a couple of leaves, whip around you. They, like, hit you, but you don't feel it because they go perfectly around you, and maybe your clothes sort of, like, uh, waver in these, these powerful winds that are just encircling all four of your limbs, your torso, your head, everything, as the sewer water and all of the gunk and all that kind of stuff is just blown off. Wow, this is... Thank you, I... That feels a lot better. I don't feel like I'm covered in sludge. Like it was hurting you. I need you at peak performance. We might have a fight coming up. Let's go. Enough dilly-dallying. We have to go. Trenchfoot leads the way and leads the three of you down this, like, narrow walkway, right? Uh, toward a bend uh, in, in the sewer tunnel. As you go around the bend, the three of you, your ears perk up as you hear other people approaching. And Trenchfoot slows down, right, as you, like, approach the bend. And she, like, holds up a hand, like, in caution for the three of you. And then she peeks around the corner and you hear her go, Ah, shit, this guy. And coming around the corner is a familiar-looking ratfolk man, flanked on either side by these big, burly dudes, right? Ace and his lackeys, Priam and Cato. Ace, what are you doing down here? That's, uh, none of your concern, Trenchfoot. But the people you're leading are... What? What are you talking about? I've run into these three numbnuts before. And uh, didn't you get my message? I'm supposed to be the one leading them to bloodthirst? What? But that's not what we... <sighs> Fine. You. And then Trenchfoot leans in and whispers something to Ace that I don't think any of you can catch unless you make a perception check. I'll make that perception check. I got an at one. <laughs> was it uh, two plus five? Seven. Oh boy. The rushing of both. Okay. Oka and Manaya, the rushing of the sewer water just like gets a little bit loud, you know, as, as Trenchfoot leans in and then says something and wa drowns it out for you. Uh, but V with a 12, your big elven ear perks up and you catch Trenchfoot saying, but I want a cut, okay? A nice fat cut. Yeah, yeah, you'll get your cut, Trenchfoot. Trenchfoot turns around with a big smarmy smile you've only seen on V, uh, addresses the three of you and says, Sorry, folks, this is where my leadership ends. You'll be traveling with Ace, Priam, and Cato for the rest of your journey to Bloodthirst. Enjoy! And with that, Trenchfoot starts scurrying between the three of you to get back uh, the way she came. What do the three of you do? Aren't you two supposed to be dead? I, I, I think they're talking about us, bro. Oh, uh, hey, 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 says Priam. Uh, I don't, forgive me, I don't really remember how to distinguish the two of them. So I'm just going to play both of them as like the same unit, but like in two different bodies. They are. Honestly, <laughs> they are. Uh, so Priam is just going to go, yeah, well. You didn't kill us hard enough, you double-pupiled freak. You mean you didn't knock your skull against mine hard enough? Fucking dumbass. Enough, enough, says Ace. Turn their beady, rodent-like eyes on the three of you. Follow me if you want to get to BT. 
V is going to shout back as they're following, uh, turning back to where Trenchfoot is heading back. Uh, don't remember, remember those directions, friend, to that uh, nice little score I reminded you of. I will. Thank you, V. Such the consummate professional. And you know, Trenchfoot, I do what I can do. And you see her tail whisk around a corner and disappear back up those flight of stairs. Ace, Priam, and Cato continue leading you down the sewer tunnels. And just as you do, why don't the three of you make a survival check for me? I also, as we're walking, would love to ping, uh, email my murder boyfriend. <laughs> You'd like to sense where your murder boyfriend is? Okay, sounds good. I rolled with my uwu fuck dice. You got a new woo? And I got a new woo. Okay, a nat 20. Wonderful. Uh, I got an woo? 18. 18, that's pretty good. What's the total on the survival for that, Manaya? 22. 22, okay. Oka? Uh, just a 14, but my magic works regardless. Yeah, it sure does. So, Oka and V, you've never been in the, none of you actually have ever been in the sewers of Rosso before, and you're noticing very quickly just how twisty and turny it is. There's like a million different branches, a million different crossroads, like a dozen different directions that you could go in that don't seem to follow any rhyme or reason, right? Even with your relatively high rolls of 14 and an 18, it doesn't seem to be on a grid system, it doesn't seem to be on a circle system, it just seems to be random and arbitrary, right? But Ace is leading you, like, with a lot of purpose, like, makes a left and then a right and then a right and then a left and then a straight and the right like seems to know exactly where he's headed moves with purpose and so do Priam and Cato see his like little rat tail like like whisking as he uh, takes you over little bridges that like go like that connect the walkways right uh, even climbing like up like these like ladders to get to a higher part of the sewer and then climbing back down ladders it's like shoots and ladders and bridges and rope you know like sewer style Right, and all around you, you hear the gurgling of like water, like running around in pipes, a little squeaking of like rodents and other animals that live down here in the sewers. Right, and occasionally the three of you notice uh, dark forms moving under the surface of the gray water. Manaya, with your natural twenty plus your twenty-two, Ace is taking you somewhere deep, deep, deep in the sewers, somewhere isolated. The farther he, you know, the farther you walk and follow him, the fewer, like, little rats you see, right? And, like, the the more dust seems to settle in the air. Wherever this is, is not very populated or very, like, well attended at all. You also notice with your, uh, 22, you're, you start to see bones, right? Bones littering the walkway, bones floating down this gray river. And Oka, with your magic, you are moving uh, in the direct opposite direction, you're realizing now, of where you're sensing Cain. And I think all of this is like coming to bear as Ace is leading you um, through like an archway, right? Uh, that you see seems to like maybe lead, lead out into a cistern area, which is like a big chamber where there's like a pool of like gray water in the middle, pipes that jut out from like a, a circular chamber, the walls all around you and like spill gray water into the uh, the central chamber. And the archway seems to be leading into the cistern, but it's a, a quite, a, quite a large chamber. What do the three of you do? I think as Oka is like pinging on with their blood uh, brand of castigation, they're holding on to it and they like are like, okay, Kane's 
Kane's down here, they're over there. And then like they're making turns and they're realizing that they're starting to move farther apart and they start to slow down. And then they like pause and like look over their shoulder, kind of past V. And they lock eyes with her and they could just kind of mouth, we're not going the right way. Um, I think V will cast message and be like, I don't think we can trust these guys at all. I don't know where they're taking us. At Oka slowing uh, down, Manaya turns back and goes, keep up Oka, we need to stay together. We don't know what's down here. Oka will re- uh, return the message to V asking if she can let Manaya know that we're not being led in the right w- direction and to be prepared. Yep, so I'll cast message now to Manaya and be like, uh, is Oka sensing that we're not being led in the right direction? We're being, it's a potential trap. But I responds, figured as such. She pulls out her axe and starts sort of using it as a walking stick, as like the excuse of her having it at the ready. Okay. As the three of you realize that perhaps this isn't exactly the way to bloodthirst, you ready yourselves, you're on alert. Ace. Priam and Cato stop at the mouth of this archway, right? And Ace turns with a smarmy smile under his rodent-like whiskers, uh, chitters to the three of you. Well, just down here is where Bloodthirst is. Where are all his guards? Uh, This is his uh, private chambers. In fact, why don't I call him forward? Uh, Master Bloodthirst, are you in there? And you hear some movement from a farther in the chamber, but you'll have to walk like walk in closer to, 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 to get a look. What do the three of you do? I think V is gonna look at both Oka and Manaya, have a heavy sigh and be like, well, we've come this far, let friends. Uh, and V's just gonna stroll on past and holding the light up to hopefully uh, see as deeply as she can. As V walks forward, Manaya's, uh grabs maybe like the the back scruff of your shirt and says all right ice lead the way ah no 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 the audience with bloodthirst is yours i can't be there please we'll stand guard here when i raises an eyebrow well friends uh oka you like a good adventure right so there was some noise deeper in the cavern. Is there any way to discern a little more what it is? Is there like sounds of scratching or like big movement or anything like that? Uh, with your perception score from earlier? No, you'll have to get closer. This is ridiculous. You won't even introduce us. Ugh, knew you were scumbags, but I didn't think you were that bad. Uh, and Oka will pass by as well. And they lock eyes with like they look at Manaya and V with like meaning being like, okay, we're, we at least know what's going on. So they're about to try to either jump us from behind or so on and such forth. And they also walk through. What about you, Manaya? Manaya will take up the rear, acts at the ready, traps. She's expecting a trap. And the last time they encountered a trap, it was her fault. It didn't go well. So she's going to wait for the other two to go first and also to defend against a backstabbing. Okay. Uh, as the three of you move through the archway, uh, Manaya, with your high roll from earlier, and also V, the two of you will notice as your gem lights up the interior of the cistern that the, uh, the roof, the mouth of the archway that you're walking through has like little like, um, like perforations 
uh, like holes, like in like a, a straight sort of like a arch, like above you, uh, that like a, a, a non-keen eye probably wouldn't have noticed. Uh, and now as you move deeper into the cistern, you see what was making the noise. So let me just paint a picture for you. You're at like the, the edge of this ledge. That's sort of like overlooking maybe like a, a 10 foot drop into like a, a cistern area, almost like a, a really small silo, right? But instead of like rain, it's uh, filled with like brackish, gross, muddy sewer water, uh, maybe like halfway up. So about five feet of sewer water, but you're actually not sure how deep it goes, right? Um, but across this like circular cistern, you see another ledge, maybe um, 30 feet across uh, where the noise is coming from. There's like a scuffling noise. Uh by the archway directly across from you. And now, moving out of the shadows, you realize the scuffling noise was boots. Boots against stone tile. Coming out of the shadows is a figure. Cowboy hat on, and a slit eye. Quicksilver. The former regent of Nabal, and presumably one of Bloodthirst's right-hand men. Why, hello there, Oka, Manaya, and V. It's been a while. Here to see BT? That's the idea. You aren't him. Exactly. I'm not him. And I'm afraid this is where your journey ends for good. And Quicksilver raises his hand to a lever uh, that's sort of next to him on the wall, and he pulls it. Uh, and the three of you hear a noise as portcullises that were hidden like in those dots slam down behind you right and there's also a portcullis that slams down in front of quicksilver so he's on the other side and you're separated from him by a portcullis and then the uh the water that's been rushing into the central chamber seems to like increase uh, in volume as like more gray water splashes into the central chamber uh, from the pipes all around. And the three of you hear, uh, hear something paddling in the water underneath you. And you see like a, like a dark, several dark forms moving in the water in front of you. What do the three of you do? Manaya, as soon as the port, as she hears, as she like sees Quicksilver going for the lever, she's going to thrust her hand out and again cast what is written as lightning lure, but has no lightning involved because Manaya doesn't do lightning, and try to pull them, him? Uh, him. Him. Because uh, he's on the ledge, right, and could fall into the, into the water. Right, but he already pulled the lever and now there's a portcullis in front of him. So if you were even trying to pull him, he'd like just get slammed against the, um, he gets slammed against the other side of the portcullis. That's okay. I'm going to do that anyway. Uh, okay. How does a lightning lure work? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a damage spell? It deals damage. Okay. So I'm going to actually have it, us roll initiative. You can do something okay. that doesn't deal damage before we enter initiative, but if it does okay, deal yeah, damage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't allow it. In that case, uh no damage. I'm just going to pull him until he's against the bars uh, and I can stare directly into his eyes and I'll say you are messing with forces you do not understand. We are more powerful and more capable than you know and you will come to regret this. And she lets go. Is it an, is it an attack roll or a saving throw? Uh, it's a strength saving throw. Okay, I'm resist. just going to... Okay, against what? Against 
14. Okay. Uh, Quicksilver, like, what uh, what does it look like as you use lightning lure? Those same winds that carried V out of the sewer water uh, whip around behind Quicksilver, and then as quick as they appeared, envelop him and lift his body and push him right up against the bars. (laughs) That's what you think, Missy. But these forces of darkness, post-cataclysm, they're just power, and I know power. Those who are strong can use it to our advantage, and those who are weak get consumed. Uh, He says, as now the three of you see tentacles, like thrashing out of the water. Uh, And the ends of these tentacles are like, instead of suckers, it's like sharp, spiny spikes, almost like porcupine quills uh, at the ends of these like fleshy tentacles coming out of the water. Uh, Oka and V, what do the two of you do anything before we roll initiative? V is just gonna get like crack up and get ready, get all dexterous and get ready to rumble here. Okay, so you, you get limber, you crack, Maybe like you, you, you crack your uh, neck left to right, you roll your you roll your shoulders, and I'll give you advantage on your initiative roll because you're getting limber. Uh, what about you, Oka? Uh, I think Oka, uh, you know, just like one more time, this is gonna become relevant now for you, Connie, uh, tries to cast light again, but instead like this kind of like red light flickers, uh, but and seeps into their hand and they don't cast light, but they do cast false life on themselves. Um, which is going to give me uh, 1d4 plus 4 temporary HP. Okay, a lightning crackles around your body as the power of Vinash seeping through your magic uh, envelops you to try to protect you. Clotho jungle is pretty much exactly how you remember it, Dewey. Green, dark, overgrown, untamed. You and Tonga pick your way through the foliage, through the underbrush, looking at the various wild tracks that trample over the soft soil of the underbrush here. You see hoof marks from how many weeks ago, and you recall an old phantom pain of slamming into a tree branch and then falling into the ground as horses and their riders stormed all around you, the earth shaking like an earthquake, like a fissure forming, like a mudslide, and then you're back here, walking through peaceful forest with Tonga. You see Tonga's form, she sort of, she has a machete out and she's sort of like foraging away through this jungle, cutting down vines and branches that get in your way. And she's casting occasional anxious glances at you as though she's your mom and she's afraid that you might wander off or break down at any moment. Like you're a fragile object, not a man who's been through so many things already. All right, um, I think the tablet should be coming up Soon, how are you holding up, Cardu? Uh, much easier to get places than last time I was here. So. Yeah, when like a million other people are rushing all around us, trying to attack us and kill us. Yep. What did uh? Where did you head off to? I know I lost you pretty early. Ah, uh, it's all a blur. I don't really remember. I thought I saw. Well. I thought I saw someone I lost a long time ago, and then Xiaohu and I got separated, and and then I was in a kissing booth. Uh, it was just so confusing, and then 
there was just this big explosion. I remember flying through the air, and then I was in some sort of nightmare, and when I woke up, I was back in the tower. Does it look like there was an explosion in this forest recently? No. Everything looks normal, right? Like, completely 100% normal. You even hear, like, birdsong, you hear, like, the chittering of bugs nearby, right? Like a breeze winding its way uh, through the branches, ruffling your feathers. It should be coming up soon. Stay guarded. Even when the carnival's not here, the jungle can be dangerous. Uh, what am I looking out for? And how did you find those? A big stone tablet. Uh, I found it by following my uh, magical... Uh, glasses, and she turns, and you see that she's got these uh, the multicolored lenses, like shifting over her goggles, and she's like clicking it, clicking through it to like detect like magic, basically. It's coming up. I can see its aura. It should be nestled up against this uh, little cliff area. I think that's where the sewer opens out into, actually. Glad I didn't end up over there. Yeah, exploded. it's really gross. Ah, there it is. Do you see it? Do you see it, Cardu? Um, and Tanga leads you, like, like she cuts down, like, a final branch, and you step into, like, a small clearing, uh, where you see a cliff, like, sort of like a mound, right? Like, uh, how sometimes, like, in jungles, like, the, the level, the ground is uneven, you know? Like, this is, like, a little bit of, like, a little hill rising, right? A rocky hill with, like, trees growing at extreme angles out of it, right? And, like, a small, um, what you, at first you think it's, like, a waterfall, or, like, a river, or a stream, like, flowing down the side, uh, of this hill, but you realize it's disgusting, gross, gray runoff water. Uh, and it's coming out of, like, a cement pipe that's built into, like, the top of this hill, maybe, uh, 15 feet up, uh, but, like, 40 feet away from you, right? You see, like, the, the rim, the gray, uh, edge of, uh, rimmed with moss, uh, of this cement pipe. Uh, yep, that's one of the, uh, I don't really know what they call it. I'm not really big into city planning, uh, output pipes or whatever uh, of the sewer. They like to dump it out here in Clothal Jungle. Bloodthirst's orders back when he was champion. Of course. Did a lot about city planning. And there she is. Isn't she a beaut? And you see nestled at the base of this like massive hill a tablet. A big stone tablet. To the naked eye, it seems like a gigantic gravestone, maybe? Sort of like a... That's sort of like sh the shape of it. Uh, but it's like easily 15 feet tall, right? And maybe like five feet wide at its widest. And you see like, it's like overgrown with like moss at the bottom and there's like vines creeping up it and like these like multicolored flowers growing at its base. Uh, and you see like runes like etched like uh, vertically. Uh, almost uh, in like an ancient script, like down, like like these tiny little runes that's got to have like at least like a thousand characters on it, right? And Dewey, you can just sense the like magical energy, like the ambient magical energy radiating off of this tablet. And Tonga like carefully approaches it, right? She starts reaching for the tool belt at her waist for like a chisel. All right, we just need one of these for you, I think, Cardu. You just chip off a chunk? Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know what this is exactly or how it got here, but it's just full of magical power. I'd chip off more if I could, but I don't know. Something in my gut tells me I should leave it alone. Uh, but it's its just so full of power. I, I can't not take a little. Uh, do you mean going to flip the uh, Helm of Comprehend Languages? Oh my god. His, uh, the lens over his glasses. Is this a language uh, that would be 
comprehensible through this? Uh, yes, because the Helm of Comprehend Languages comprehends all languages, right? Dewey, you you flip lenses over your glasses as you like tentatively approach this tablet. And you realize you know what the language is, but your magical device is struggling to parse it. It's almost like a run through like Google Translate, right? Like a really literal version because this language is so ancient, there's no like proper way to translate it, right? So it's like pretty much just gibberish to you. You see like distinct words are recognized, but you know the language. It is the language of Banur, uh, which is the ancient tongue of the dragons and giants. Um, there are big like characters etched at the very top and three distinct words that like are the most legible to you. Storm, Fang, Treaty. Is this a historical? Roll history. Oh gosh. Put that okay. skill to use. 21. 21. Uh, you can ask two questions about this, about this object and I'll answer truthfully. This is something you would have found in your studies. Is this a... An account of a historical event that happened in real life. It is a historical event. This is the Stormfang Treaty, uh, which is an ancient peace agreement uh, etched out between the two civilizations of dragons and giants in prehistoric times. Uh, the treaty itself has long since been rumored to be lost. But here it is. It's literally right here, staring you in the face. What's your second question? This is kind of more of like a perception question. Is it as weathered as I would expect for something that's ancient? It's pretty weathered, but it seems to be imbued with ambient passive magic that's okay. been keeping it like like intact, right? If it were actually as ancient as you would expect it to be, which is like at least a few thousand years old, if not more, then it would be like have crumbled to dust by now, like here unprotected. But it's like the magic of its agreement, right? Like its words seem to, each rune is imbued with power. So that's the power that Tonga was talking about that like seals this peace agreement together. If I was making my best, uh, my best educated guess, what kind of magic would the treaty have entailed uh probably some form of extremely powerful abjuration magic which is like barriers and protection okay all right i'm just gonna uh i'm gonna let tonga do the chiseling i'm gonna like look over her shoulder okay uh, a little nervously tonga gets to her knees like pops open like a different goggle right starts chiseling out a rune right and she's like muttering like i'm so sorry but cardu needs this and you hear tink, 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 tink as she, like, works at it. Uh, Cardu, make a perception check for me as she's working. Fifteen. You hear footsteps crunching through the underbrush from directly behind you. Several footsteps, actually. At least three or four people. What do you do? I turn around so I'm standing in front of Tonga's turn back. And look at them. Stepping out into this clearing, dressed in a suit and a tie is Sievert. And he is flanked uh, by three or four what appear to be just like lackeys, you know, but they're carrying instruments, right? One of them is carrying, not like musical instruments, okay. uh, like tools, <laughs> like tools. <laughs> uh, they're carrying, like one of them has like what appears to be like a pretty large like bag or like a sack or something. And not, and they ha they have like um 
like drilling equipment and like shovels and like crowbars and levers, right? And Sievert cocks his big muscular like dragonborn head to the side and he smiles his like one gold-capped tooth glinting in this mid-afternoon light. Ah, you're one of her friends, aren't you? I recognize you. Cardu Quirk. I made that much of an impression on you? No, no impression at all. But I take it upon myself to know everything about my enemies. This is your lucky day, Cardu. My quarrel is not with you. Step aside. The Stormfang Treaty is ours. Tanga is still chiseling and she pauses. She looks, who? What are you? What? The storm what? Hey, what do you think you're doing here? What's the big idea? Cardu, what's going on? You know these people? I say to Sievert, what, what's your business with this? What are you planning to do with it? My business is none of yours, but we're here to take it. And if you stand in our way, I'll cut you down. Is this a thing that could be lifted by four of these people? Do you say this, this out loud, stuff. or are you asking me as a GM? I'm asking you, sir. They seem to have special tools and equipment oh. for this. Okay. They seem to have, like, a plan, right? I'm just here for, like, a little chunk. You know how much power is in this thing? Uh, how much latent power is in this? Like, I need, like, 0.5% of that. Uh, just so <laughs> I don't, you know, blow up. You know what? Fine. You can have your little rune stone, but the rest is ours. And tell V that you're now in our debt. Uh, I got it, Dewey. Sorry, I mean Cardu. Ugh, your friends are rubbing off on me. Here, I got the runestone. Let's just get out of here. H hey, you know that this is some sort of like ancient magical tablet, and if you try to take it, who knows what's gonna happen? Silence! I don't need to hear your pedantic whining. Get the treaty. Uh, and his goons start moving forward menacingly with their tools. I stand, I take a wider stance uh, in front of them. You don't get to talk to her like that. Uh, a cardu? What did you just say to me? You don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what you're getting into by removing this. The world's already thrown off balance. I'm not going to let you just cart this off and use it for whatever experiments you want to do on it. Leave it alone. <laughs> you are the one who has no idea what you're dealing with. Yes, this world is thrown out of balance. That's why it needs a strong fist to rule it. Step aside if you know what's good for yourself, coward. That's right. I seem to remember you being thrown out a window last time we met. But get out of here. Why you? All right, uh, Dewey, roll initiative. <laughs> yes! Here's my, Dewey. here's my TDK, Dewey! my two total Dewey kill. Uh, 16. Okay, 16 for Dewey. On Dewey rolling initiative, we cut back down to the sewers. Lashing tentacles, foaming gray water, portcullises on either side. Oka, Manaya, and V. The three of you braced as tentacles lash out of the cistern. I need the three of you to also roll initiative. 20, non-natural. Okay, non-natural 20 for Manaya. V, you have uh, advantage. Yes, and thanks to that advantage, I now have a 22. Okay. Good thing I limbered up, mother... 
V has a 22. Manaya got a 21, right? Okay. 20. What about Uka? 20. A 20. A 10. A 10 for Oka. Gentleman's 10. Uh, but as this thing is cresting up out of the water, I am going to use my monster manual thingy that you gave me as a treat all those weeks ago. Don't think I've forgotten, because I have not. Which means that anytime a new monster appears, I can roll... I believe I roll a d20 to see... Or I can mark my box and say that I have seen it before, or can draw some kind of conclusion about it. Since a lot of these monsters are either... Uh, normal undocking monsters, or some of the empty monsters seem to be like monsters squished together. And if this thing has tentacles, I'm thinking like, okay, Oka is going like Kraken something, but that is that something that happens on my turn? Or is that having, happening now? Why, did, why don't it happen now? Uh, so how, how did I say that worked again? Do you have to make a roll or do I just tell you? I am almost certain that I think you just tell me because of something that I did earlier. Okay. Uh, so because it, you spoke to Atalanta, I think is what it was, and she told you about some of the freaky monsters that had been like savaging the Rasu, you know, populace. Uh, so yeah, these are definitely what we've been calling empty beasts. They are not of Endake. They have been brought here by the Cataclysm. And it appears as like tentacles are like, you see like a big, like a uh, spiky tentacle, like latch onto like a ledge. And then another one as like a creature hauls itself out of the gray surf. Uh, you see a huge, there seem to be two of them in this cistern. One of, they are, seem to be of the same species, let's say. A huge, hulking, fleshy beast, the size of a bull rhino right emerges from this black water it's thick hide slick with awful its face has no eyes or nose or ears it's all mouth and its massive maw teems with sharp spiny teeth just like the spikes on its tentacles right like the quills of a porcupine right thin and long and sharp glistening with what appears to be a purplish greenish reddish ever-changing toxin uh, from its mouth and again, each of these monsters has two wiggling muscular tentacles protruding from its back, uh, ending in quills, like I mentioned before, as sharp as their teeth. And finally, a third tentacle protrudes from each of these creatures' backs, um, but this one ends in a cluster of swiveling, blinking eyeballs. Seems to be its, like, sensory probe. Uh, so Atalanta had not really named this creature, had just described it for you, so you know... Uh, the Kraken Core! Are you calling it Kraken Core? The yeah, Kraken like a Kraken and a Manticore. Okay, the Kraken Core. Interesting name. Let's say Kraken Core. Um, you know that it seems to be able, with its probe, to. Atalanta had described like, like poor victims being beguiled with some sort of telepathic like presence. Like it seems to be able to communicate, uh, unlike other empty beasts in like a limited fashion, mostly to communicate ideas of fear and like I'm gonna rip you apart and like viciousness, right? Um, its bite is definitely very toxic. You want to avoid it. Um, and if you get bitten by it, then you might get like poisoned by its uh, by a special disease uh, that it can transmit. Um, and obviously, its lashing tentacles are very muscular. It can grab you, so you want to avoid being grabbed by these tentacles. It can also slam you uh, with a tentacle. So this is like what it can do, what you know, Oka, it can do. And I'll also give you advantage on your first attack roll against one of these things. Cool, as they rise up out of the gross water and Manaya says her fucking badass line, uh, Oka like readies themselves and they're like, eye stalks first and don't fucking let it touch you. Okay, 
And with that, V, you are first up with uh, Manaya on deck. What do you do? V is going to go ahead and cast uh, Minute Meteors, but at level 5. So instead of <laughs> 6 Meteors, I get 10. Uh, just fuck? rolling around me. Uh, and I'll take my bonus action to then send two of these straight at the uh, closest eye stock I can see. I'm going to say it has to make a saving throw for each separate meteor, uh, and it's, it failed on both. So roll full damage, full damage on this uh, Kraken core. Sounds good. Um, first one was eight. The second one was 10. So 18 points of fire damage. All right. What does it look like uh, as you cast uh, minute meteors at it? So uh, V's just going to like fling her arms like in an arch over herself and like just do, 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 do. 10 meteors that all then start like wrapping around her and she just picks two up and just uh, blows a double kiss of both of them at the at the eye and it just they both just crash into the eye and just a little mini explosion where they meet. Two little mini explosions poof, poof, uh, at the point of contact and this horrific creature which had been trying to like climb up the edge of the cistern to get to you lets out like a horrific screech out of its like like toxin sludge covered mock uh, as it's like uh, it's one like probing uh, tentacle like whips like wildly uh, like whipping up brackish water. Is that the end of your turn V or are you trying to move? Uh, I think I will just try to move to a spot as far away from. <laughs> yeah, just everything. get away from it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say there's the walkway. Uh, sort of covers the entire rim of the cistern, so you can like eek, uh, you know, you know, like shimmy along like the 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 edge of this walkway to like get away from this thing. Sounds good. Okay. Is that the end of your turn? Yep. Okay. Next up is going to be it. Uh, and then it's Manaya, right? Uh, so this thing that you just attacked uh, is going to let out another like, like this horrific shriek from its maw. Uh, and its two tentacles are gonna flail up uh, and it is going to lunge forward up at Manaya. Uh, and its huge maw is gonna open wide. Uh, so Manaya, what is your armor class? My armor class is 15. Okay. That is going to be a hit. Uh, so, Manaya, you are going to take, let's see, 13 points of piercing damage uh, as this creature just barrels, like it leaps out of, lunges out of the water and like just slams into you and you feel its sharp piercing spines like like sink into your body. Uh, and I also need you to make a, a constitution saving throw uh, as like the toxic sludge starts like seeping, like seeping and sloshing like all over you. I like doing those. And use a point of inspiration. Personally. Okay, okay. That was a nat one. That's not great. Okay, I'll take a 14. A 14, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, hopefully, that is... Hopefully that's it's still a miss, but like, not as bad as a... As a nat lower. one, yeah, that's true. Okay, that is not quite going to be sufficient. Uh, so as you feel the poison, like, uh, beginning to sink into your body, just as, just as Oka had feared, you feel, you, you're now, um, you're now poisoned. Uh, as this, like, uh, Kraken core's, like, gross presence is, like, seeping into you, and you can, like, feel its, like, slobbering saliva, like, dripping all over your body as its tentacles are thrashing around you, right? Um, so what this means is you're poisoned until your disease, this special disease, is cured. 
Uh, so every 24 hours that elapses from now on, you have to repeat the saving throw uh, or reduce your hit point maximum on a failure. Uh, but if you oh. succeed, then it's cured. Or you can like seek out a special like you know, like disease curing like situation. Uh, so I think what this means is as it like bites into like the, the front part of your armor of your body, um, we see like black, like black and like gold veins begin to like, whoosh, like spread out from like the site of the bite. Um, and okay, as you look over something about like, something about the black and gold vein seems familiar to you and you flash back to its helium, lowering its head and goring you uh, while like black and like gold, like foam crests on its mouth. And now this, but you are flung out of this memory, Oka, as one of its tentacles, like, as it's, like, feasting on Manaya, like, flings outward and attempts to hit you. Uh, so, Oka, what is your armor class? A 15 also. It's going to hit you for nine points of bludgeoning damage, uh, plus five points of piercing damage. Uh, as you're bludgeoned with it up at the sharp spikes, also, like, um, slam against your shoulder uh, and it wraps its tentacle around your waist and begins to squeeze as its muscular tentacle uh, grapples you you're, you're restrained right now by this by this Kraken uh, core uh, so now it is going to be Manaya's turn Manaya what do you do Manaya maybe like clutches at the wound a little bit and like goes ah and then shakes her head gets herself out of it she hasn't been in battle for a while, so, uh, but she remembers something very important. And she closes her eyes, and when they next open, they're glowing, swirling green and orange, and her armband, the crown of leaves, lights up as she thrusts her hands out to either side, uh, and with a, with a voice that resonates through the weave, she says, Autumn. And she's going to use the armband's power. As she does this, winds whip around basically the entire arena, swirling with withering leaves. And, well, I guess it's only within 10 feet of me. Um, and any tentacles or opponents that are hit uh, are pushed 10 feet away in a straight line by this wind. Okay. You blast this creature, right? Like out of, from, out from where it's like basically biting and chomping on you uh, and it uh -huh. falls back into the cistern, but it's still holding onto Oka. And Oka, it's like pulling Oka into the water uh, because it's like tentacles wrapped around them. Oka's just okay. ragdolling around. Oka is capable. I trust them. I also do an extra 1d8 necrotic damage, so. Uh, Manaya is going to lunge forward towards the tentacle that's being knocked back and try to chop it off. Great, so make an attack roll. Use another point of personal inspiration. Sounds good. That's better. 18. That is sufficient. Roll damage. Sorry, 17. That is still sufficient. Roll damage. That is going to be uh, 16 points of slashing damage and three points of necrotic. So 19 total. Okay, 19 total. Sounds good. Uh, as you bear down your axe on this thing's like meaty tentacle, Bam! You like slam down into it, and like the sharp blade of your axe wedges into its meat. I do get an extra attack. Okay. Fighter baby. Uh, that is going to be a nat twenty to hit. Look at that. Okay, so you can either hey. 
So you can either take max damage and then roll dice again, or you can roll double dice uh, and choose a narrative boon. I'll roll the dice and choose a narrative boon. Which do could I be that like, now? yeah, do you want to like cut it off? I'm assuming is, is your boon. Um, if I don't deal enough damage to actually cut it completely off, uh, because I'm doing necrotic damage, maybe um, the flesh starts to uh, rapidly decompose and it's maybe put out of commission. Like the creature like entirely? Oh, uh... Or just I the tentacle? I don't think so. Yeah, I think what the narrative boon would be is to just cut it off and, like, okay. free Oka, right? And, like, have it lose a tentacle and, like, lose an, lose an attack opportunity, basically. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes Sounds sense. good. Roll double dice. 20 slashing plus 5 necrotic for the first one. So 25 total. And... 11 slashing and 6 necrotic for the second one. So... 16 total. Or oh, you mean 17. 17 total. 17 total. Okay. 17 total. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to remind you, you to add those up. Yeah, you uh, ru- slam your axe down and you cut this thing's tentacle off, right? Uh, yeah. As it like, uh, it, it like splashes into the water and Oka like flies off to the side with its like chopped off tentacle like wrapped around your body, Oka. Uh, is, that, is that your turn, Manaya? Okay, with Oka still sailing through the air in like another direction, right? Like with this tentacle wrapped around you, uh, it is going to be Quicksilver's turn. Quicksilver draws his quick draw, closes one eye uh, and says to the three of you, like I said, this is where your journey ends. And there is a loud bang uh, as they aim it at uh, V. So V, what is your armor class? 16. Okay. Uh, It is going to hit you for nine points of piercing damage and uh, six points of fire damage. Okay. Uh, As you feel something like like an arrow, but a lot smaller and a lot more painful, like somehow, like pierce your shoulder. And I think uh, I need you to make a strength save. Seven. Uh, as you stumble backward, right, and I think you fall prone uh, against the um, against this like walkway, right, where you've been like like trying to hide hide out from, uh, and you look down, you see like smoke trailing off of your shoulder, as there feels to be like something like a piece of metal like lodged in your body, and that's just radiating like a fiery like pain like out from your body, and the the noise was really loud uh, when Quicksilver like fired off this weapon. Okay, uh, next is going to be Oka. What do you do? Uh, Oka is flying through the air, wrapped in a tentacle, being extremely unhelpful to all their friends. Um, until now, I hope. And I think like they're still kind of like wrapped in, in it, even though it's not pulling them anymore. Uh, and they just kind of like go... <sighs> uh, and their good old culling edge, uh, because they can't really reach back to grab anything as their arms are tied, uh, the culling edge just comes like up, more like kind of serrated out of the top of their arm. And I'll lose my hit points for that. And they just kind of like go like up and out, you know, probably just to like slice it away from themselves. And that is, uh, yep, I activate that. And they kind of like stumble back onto the ground. You know, they like try to land on their feet. Where is, I know like, and the loud noise goes off and they kind of like flinch as it does. And they like look back toward uh, Quicksilver. Where are the monsters and where am I in relation to them? Well, you are falling down through the cistern, so I don't think you land on your feet. Uh, you're oh, falling I'll, through the air. 
Oh, I thought, uh, okay. I thought I was falling, like, uh, off to the side because I got chopped and saved. But uh, if that's so, Oka kind of just, like, punches uh, the calling edge into the side of the cistern, and they, like, plant their feet against it to try to, like, hold on there. Okay, uh, just make an athletics check for me real fast. 16. That is sufficient. You punch your culling edge in and you uh, drag yourself to a stop like you're a rock climber. Now what do you do? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a rock climber. How far is like the edge of the cistern? Only about five feet uh, above you. Okay. Are there monsters up there, or is this like another? Uh, this is kind of just where we started, eh? Like uh, with Ace and the tide wolves, etc. On the other side. Yes, the monsters are beneath you in the water. Great. Oka's gonna just like kind of uh, you know like uh, kick off with their feet, jump up, grab the edge, haul themselves over. Uh, and they just keep using that momentum, and they are actually heading toward uh, the the grate that came down uh, with Ace and the other two on the other side, uh, and they kind of like slam against it, and they're like, "You want to play this game? Fine. Let's see what happens when the monsters get out." Uh, and I am gonna attack the bars more so, uh, and I will activate both uh, my right of flame. I think I can only activate one at a time, so I'm gonna activate my right of flame uh, and just kind of like, I said that the blade was a little more serrated, just like drag it across uh, the iron bars. Okay, make an attack roll against the portcullis. I'm gonna use an inspiration. I'm gonna use another inspiration. (laughs) I'm gonna use my last inspiration. It's just a five, a four, and a four. 19. That is sufficient. Roll damage. Great. That is going to be 28 points of damage total. Part of it is fire damage. I think six is fire damage and the rest is slashing damage. Very cool. Uh, Describe to me what it looks like as you slice open this portcullis. Yeah, it's kind of a horrible noise. uh, And it's like the the heat of the metal just kind of like glides like it takes some a little bit of effort, but it kind of just glides through, uh, and the bars just kind of like uh, crack uh, and like fall to the floor, and the, like the sound of you know iron bars hitting the ground as it uh, twinkles down, uh, and they just kind of go at uh, Ace and the other two, uh, like boo, you know, at Ace and the Tide Wolves on the other side. Uh, make an intimidation check with advantage. Oh, not so good. 11 minus 2, so 9. It's okay. They don't have very high morale. Uh, so Ace and Priam and Kato both go, eep! All three of them go, eep! And like, uh, Ace is like, fe- fur, like, stands on end. Uh, and Priam and Kato, like, back away from you, you know? You see Priam, like, rubbing the old wound where you, like, banged him, right? Where you bashed him up. Um, Ace is gonna go, this isn't the end of it. This isn't the end. We're gonna get you one day. Just you wait. Uh, and then as they start to go, I technically have another attack. Actually, I always forget that I have a second attack. Uh, so Oka is going to whistle at their friends, uh, be like, time to go. And if there is one of those beasties trying to climb up, I want to try to draw it into the sewer to cause havoc on the people who tried to make it eat us. That's what I want to do. Make a persuasion check. Not an animal handling check. Uh, I get. Mm, 
you know what? I will allow it. I will allow it, even though it's not exactly, exactly an animal. animal. Haha, <laughs> I need to do is bet my eyelashes at you. Uh, that's actually pretty good. Uh, 16. Okay, how are you doing to draw its attention? So you said it has like an eye stalk, right? And like tentacles and mouth? Yes, but many of the eyes have been destroyed by these attacks. What about the second one? The second one is fully okay. It has not been hit yet. It's also, it's still sort of like, like in the surf. Okay. Uh, Oka's just trying to make themselves like big uh, and like draw attention and like, like move a lot, you know? Even like with the fire, like sparking it, like, like, hey, come on, buddy. You hungry? Let's go. Uh, these Kraken core, like their tentacles go rigid and they like point in your direction, right? And you hear both of them go, <sighs> uh, as they start to climb up the side of the cistern, uh, sort of uh, ignoring Manaya, ignoring V, even ignoring Quicksilver, who's shouting, hey, hey, don't you, don't do that. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing messing with shit like this. This is why you don't keep monsters as pets. Hey, stop it, stop it. And you hear another loud like explosion noise, explosion noise as Quicksilver uh, fires off two more uh, arrows. You're not exactly sure what they are uh, at these creatures, uh, but they just, the, the bullets uh, just sort of like ping, ping, ping off like their hides, right? Uh, as these creatures <laughs> like toward you, Oka, and they're just, they're motoring, they're going. Um, but as they move out of Manaya's range, Manaya, you technically, technically get an attack of opportunity against them if you want to. But they seem uninterested in you. They seem interested in the outdoors and like getting out of here. Can I give my technical extra attack to V to also make an opportunity attack against them? Yes, you can. Quicksilver is also there under like half cover with the portcullis though. Oh, well, I'm busy with the monsters. Uh, I'm busy with the monsters, so I'll give it to V. Okay, V, what would you like to do with uh, Oka's extra attack gifted to you? Oh my oh, God. also gets an attack of opportunity. I want them both to have one. Yes, they um, both, y'all both get to do something cool as these monsters motor their way, their way out of here. Then I will go ahead and uh, shoot some scorching rays at this, at uh, some of these monsters here. Okay, what about uh, you, Manaya? What are you, sh- what are you doing with your attack of opportunity? After V uh, attacks, Manaya is going to. Uh, cast Thunderwave to try to push them back to give us a head start on getting out. Okay, very cool. So let's resolve Scorching Ray first. How many are you shooting and at which ones? Uh, I will do all three. Um, <clears throat> let's see. At the injured one or the uninjured one? Yeah, I'm going to go for the injured one. Okay. Um, Make three attack rolls. 14, 24, and 17. All three hit. Roll damage. Excellent. You know what? I'm going to use a sorcery point to use a brand new uh, meta magic thing that I have with my new level where empowered spell where I can reroll up to my charisma modifier, which is three. And I've got three ones here and I want to reroll all of them. Oh my God. Okay. That was so much better. So we'll say five, you're still a six, and 11. Five, six, and 11. Five, six, and 11 total? Yeah, so 22 total fire damage. How do you kill, the, how do you fucking kill this thing? I'm just gonna, uh, 
How about this? I'm going to shoot one at a time and just like, as if like, I hope it's dead. Like with each one, like, and then just like, it looks like it's dead. And, and it, like, but it like, it like hiccups or something. <laughs> the first ray like killed it, right? Bam. And you see like this fire squirt along its height. It lets out a, and it like, like gets down on like, it's like knobbly knees, right? You hit it again. It like hiccups pathetically. You hit it again and it shudders and it stops moving. Yay! Yay! You killed it! You killed the Kraken core! And now it's going to be the other one. Completely uninterested in the, um, the attacks, you know, assailing its brethren. Uh, this Kraken core lets out a... <laughs> it's like scuffing, like, it's, it's like... You notice that it's got, like, toenails. Like, it's, it's hoved toenails, like, against, like, the cement ground as it barrels past you, Manaya, ignoring the other one that's being scorched alive by V. And what do you do as it's lowering its huge maw toward the portcullis and trying to get through? Yeah, I mean, hopefully before it gets behind Manaya, she's going to cast Thunder Wave. She's going to put both of her fists together in front of her, and her eyes flash with power as... The air around her compresses, and the sound of just her fists coming together is amplified because all of this, the, the sound waves travel quicker through solids than liquids. The Kraken Core needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay, against what? And on, against, it was 13, actually. I did my math wrong, not 14. 13. Okay, uh, it like, fails. What happens? All right, it's going to take 3d8 uh thunder damage 17 okay and be pushed back 10 feet giving us a head start and you're gonna book it out of out of this chamber yeah. right okay yeah, yeah 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 you push it poof, like 10 feet directly uh in the direction of priam kato and ace right uh as like zoof, like you pummel it with this force energy but it doesn't even seem to mind right uh as it's maul it's on a and it starts attacking uh, Priam, Kato, and Ace, and you hear the three of them start screaming as this thing like jumps on top of one of the tide wolves and its tentacles start lashing, right? Uh, and Ace lets out a squeal and starts running and the other tide wolf starts, tries to like punch it off, right? Uh, but like Priam is like, his screaming is swallowed by the chomping noise uh, of this gigantic creature, right? And uh, Priam stops screaming. Uh, as Manaya, you run, you run out past like the uh, melted bars of the portcullis that Oka is standing nearby. And V, do you also follow your comrades out? Um. Uh, gosh, I was gonna do something else, but ooh, what do you, what do you want to do? Um, is it my turn? Uh, we're we're out of initiative now that the okay. like main monsters are gone, so you can do what you want in whatever order. Sweet. So actually, then I'm gonna dimension door to the other side of Quicksilver, and uh, pull the lever to make the portcullis go back up. And then I'm just gonna use like two more meteors and blast Quicksilver, hopefully into the into the water, maybe. <laughs> you reappear behind Quicksilver, who lets out a what? You grab, you grab the lever and you pull it down. Uh, as Quicksilver also goes for it to stop you, uh, but he's not quite quick enough. And the portcullis goes up. Make uh, two attack rolls against him. Since it's the meteors, this is him doing. Oh, save throw, save throw. My apologies. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you got a six and a three. Uh, so roll damage. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
I think I'm going to use another sorcery point to do that empowered spell. I just want to make sure I can use that multiple times. And I don't think I'm limited by like number. I, I think no, I'm just not. limited by. Perfect. So I'm just going to re-roll two of these dice. And 10, 14 total fire damage. Okay. You hit Quicksilver for 14 points of fire damage. He stumbles, right, like, against, against, like, the ledge. He goes, oh, oh, hey, hey, hey! And he's, like, pulling out his arm to try to, like, hopefully, like, reaching out for you, you know, as he starts to fall back. And his, like, his hand starts, like, swiping at, like, your front. Um, but because you don't have a tie anymore, uh, his hand just swipes air, and he falls backward and disappears into the gray surf. Oka, you witness all of this. What do you do? I fucking laugh, and then I notice that uh, the tide wolves are getting eaten, and I'm like, okay, okay, uh, oh boy. I'm kind of at the like at the threshold of this broken down portcullis, which I think tries to rise, and it's getting like stuck because the bars are broken, kind of thing. And they're like, come on, let's go, let's go. No time. Although that was fucking hilarious, V. And now V will run after and join their her friends. <laughs> On V running like past Oka, you know, an Oka dashing, right? And Manaya going in this horrible, uh, like, still alive, Kraken Coral, like, just dismembering. Like, you don't know, you don't see it, right? But it's it's horrific, this attack, right? Like, happening to, like, Priam and Kato. You run off, you don't know what their fates are, but presumably they're not great. And the three of you peel off uh, down this sewer tunnel. As you do, we... Like the, I think, like we pan up, like through like a layers of dirt and earth, like through the right? Ceiling, through the sediment, through the ceiling. You know, we see like bones. We see like the layers of sediment. You know, we go up, up, up past like rocks, past like a, a, a grassy turf, and we see Sievert standing there, <sighs> breathing angrily, like frost, like a gusts coming out of his flaring nostrils, and dewy. Car do dewy quirk with your wings spread protectively in front of Tonga, who's still hunched there at the base of this massive tablet. You rolled a 16, Dewey. What do you do? Dewey is going to. Uh, so he's been wearing this uh, cloak for a while, right? Um, he's worn it since we started the adventure. So it's pretty tattered. He doesn't take great care of his clothes. So it's patched up. He's learned how to sew. So he. It pulls out one of these patches, uh, and it comes off, and he slaps it down on the ground in front of him, and a pit forms underneath Sievert and his <laughs> lackeys, and they fall into it. Uh <laughs> Dewey Quark, international man of mystery, international bird of mystery. Where the fuck did you get that, Dewey? I made it. <laughs> Okay, how deep is the pit? Ten feet. Okay, that buys you time to, like, get away. That's okay. A pit just, poof, appears underneath Sievert uh, and his three goons. And there's a moment where they're, like, all four of them are standing in midair. And then they just fall like a Looney Tunes, like, moment. Like, Sievert's like, you're gonna regret. Ah! (laughs) As he falls into the pit and you hear, like, a thump. Uh, What else? What else do you do, Dewey? Um, I'm out of actions, but I have plans afterwards. After, I guess, they take their turns. You have speed. So you can get out of there, or you can, like, continue to trying to beat them. Uh, I'm just gonna step back a couple feet so they can't see me. Okay. 
Uh, you step back and Tonga's like, I, I have the runestone. Uh, Cardu, should we get out of here? How did you? That was amazing. What was that? We'll talk artificer stuff later. What's the plan here, Cardu? I need that runestone in your hands. Y- you should run. <laughs> here. And Tonga hands you the, the runestone, but says, I'm not leaving you alone, Cardu. I'm not going to abandon you. Okay, but you don't want to be here when maybe this thing that might not work uh, inevitably fails. Listen to the bird, woman. And you see a hand shoot up, right? Like like a like <laughs> day of the dead. Uh, Sievert's claw shoots up from like the edge of this like hole. And then like, bam, like, like grabs onto the turf and he pulls himself up like his perfectly dappled suit is now streaked with like gunk and like dirt and grime and he's got like some like dirt like on his face and he's like got this like nasty snarl like on his snout and he pulls himself all the way out of the pit spending 10 feet of movement to do so uh and he pulls himself up to his full height right and he says you're going to regret doing that And he lets out a breath of, like, frosty, wintry air, uh, like, with, like, little, like, ice shards, like, shot through it. So I need you to make a deck save. I'm going to use some inspiration. 17. That is sufficient. You're only going to take half damage. Uh, so, Dewey, as you dive out of the way, you are going to take... Oh, oh, I rolled really low. Six points of cold damage uh, as Sievert... <laughs> like breathes into you right and tongue goes ah and she also like rolls out of the way right uh but the frost like rhymes on half of her body and she lets out a little cry of pain and then sievert's gonna uh, 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 motoring at you like a train he's gonna like run toward you um but because he used a lot of his speed getting out of the pit i don't think he can reach you on his turn uh so now Uh, it's back it's back to you okay he's uh he dove behind a rock right um to escape the frost breath so Dewey's going to cast Disguise Self. Um, okay. So he steps out from behind the rock. He's a foot taller, because he can be a foot taller. His wings are wider, and they are shifting in color, so that if you look at them, you feel a little bit dizzy. Uh, His talons are iridescent. He's not wearing a watch. And uh, rising from his wings is, like, red, orange and purple flames coming off of him. Uh, And also his eyes, he doesn't have pupils, he just has scleras and they're glowing, blinding yellow, I guess. He's gonna step out from behind the rock and go, you don't know what you're getting into. You, yeah, you don't like me, I get it. You respect what she's capable of. We are unto gods. You don't know what you're fucking with. What? Cardu self-confidence arc? Confirmed? Okay, take inspiration for that. That was baller as hell. Um, Sievert screeches to a stop, like in front of you, (laughs) right? And is like eyeing you carefully. Like, and you can see him like calculating, like, is this a trick or is this like your true form? Like what's happening here, right? Like he's running the calculus like through his brain of like whether or not it's worth it to fight you. Um, And he says carefully, like, what is this? An illusion, a trick? Everything I've read about you, everything I've learned about you says you're a coward. Nothing more than someone just who runs away from his problems. 
What makes you think you're this? Hmm? This is just a trick, isn't it? It doesn't matter what I look like, but the God part is true. You mess with this, and things go even more to shit than they already have. And he's gonna take, um, pull out the giant sword on his back and point it at Sievert, so he doesn't come closer. Okay. That's really cool. Make an intimidation check with advantage. You wanna know what the first one was? Was oh, it a nat no. one? Oh what god, was it? it was a nat one. Can I use more inspiration? Yes, you have three personal. Well. Max! Max! This Max. is not going well. What? Max! Use auto the crit! crit. Use auto the auto crit! crit. Auto crit. I'll use the auto crit. Uh, you brandish your sword, son! <laughs> <laughs> At Sievert, whose like, eyes widen and he pauses, right? As his goons are climbing out of the pit and they're going, ah! He goes, wait! You. I didn't want to believe it, but it's true, isn't it? The Paragons are back, and you're one of them, aren't you? You do the math. Don't fuck with me. Stand down. We'll come back for this later. This isn't over. Even gods can fall. The Paragons of yore did die at each other's throats after all. And Sievert like slowly backs away, you know, like from the tablet. He's, he's finished doing his calculations. It's not worth it to fight you, is what he's decided. And he's, he's cowed by your like shimmering godlike presence. And he turns tail and flees along with the rest of his goons into the woods. Tonga peeks out from behind the tablet at your buff, like macho <laughs> bird form. Uh, and you see like, like her eyes are white. You see just like a little, like a look on her face you've never seen before. Uh, and Tonga goes, Cardu? Uh, I remember that Tonga's behind me and I turn and the disguise drops. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I thought that was real. Cardu, what? Oh, I, uh, the ex that got, that guy, uh, I pick up a bunch of things from her. Uh, V, right? Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Cardu, you're amazing. And Tonga runs out from behind the tablet and, and wraps you up in a big hug. I embrace her back. Aww. Uh, she, she hugs you really close and lets go, uh, looking at you and says, Wow, I can't believe you chased those guys off. They looked like they were serious business. I mean, this tablet is more serious than those idiots. I guess you're right. I mean, what do you know about this tablet? I thought it was just some sort of ancient object in the woods, some sort of artifact, but I have no idea what it's about. What do you know? It looks like it's a relic from dragon times. What? Wait. Yeah. Wait, Cardi, do you hear that? Tonga tilts her head up toward, um, we like pan up like this, like cliffside, pan up where this, uh, to where this brackish dirty water is flowing out of the cement pipe, right? Then we shoot through the cement pipe and we are going to um, land on where Oka, Manaya, and V are hurrying through the sewers. Oka, what's going on? Uh, I think Oka was the last one to get out, but they are like, they're trying to navigate 
like from wherever they think Kane is, uh, just based on what's in front of them. And they're like shouting up at whoever's leading the charge, which is either Manaya or V, going like, next left. Fuck, wait, no, uh, straight. You know, and they're just like shouting, uh, you know, they're like, and then like maybe there's like somebody at the end and they like all skitter twist off and Oka's like, uh, right instead. You know, they're just kind of like yelling and sprinting full tilt through the sewers. Uh, Manaya and V, how are the two of you responding as you're running next to Oka? Manaya takes every direction in stride using her axe to, um, if she takes a wrong turn, she like slams it against the ground and it skids, sparks flying as she like, as she, as she uh, drifts around a corner. Does a donut? Tokyo yes. drifts! She Tokyo drifts! Manaya's Tokyo drifting! She's not in Jukan, she can't Tokyo be anything. <laughs> Kinongbo drift! God. But you know who is. Oh my god, okay, so what's V doing? I think V is actually, she's let her, she still has uh, like eight of her meteors. So I think as they're running, she's also using the meteors to like clear shit out of the way, probably like, you know, gunk that's developed and shit. And uh, also, whenever there's like a shift of like, right, no, I mean left, V is like totally like, um, you know, she has slippery shoes that aren't good. So she uh, totally like, <laughs> and like has to like, uh, kind of do some windmills with her arms to like get back on her balance and start running in the correct direction. It's a goddamn Scooby-Doo chase down here. Oh my God. I hate that. I hate that this is what this campaign's become. I'm like, here's this horrific monster tearing someone limb to limb. And you're like, V, you- We blue shelled them. You use your nitro bursts with the meteors, like bam, 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 like firecrackers spark yourself. And maybe Oka's like, through this wall. And it's just like the meteors go through, you know? Definitely. Eventually, like running, scrambling, like turning, you know, like you see weird shit in the sewers, but there's no time to process what you see. Uh, as you continue running, like you pass by like a gelatinous cube, you, like pass by some oozes and jellies and like big, like giant rats, you know, like like something that like level three adventurers would encounter. Um, but you run, you run past all of this and you end up in front of like a massive uh, walkway right uh where the um the stream of the sewer disappears under a big bridge and across this bridge is a giant archway right with like two big statues next to it uh both of bloodthirst uh, you see uh, but they're but they're huge they're like eight foot tall statues uh, of this felis uh, with like like his paws crossed like in front of his chest right and like made up to look really intimidating uh, so he looks more like xiaohu right than he probably looks like in person um and you see bodies corpses of guards strewn just like in front of this archway there's like blood leaking like into the river running down this bridge right and you see holes in their chests like punched through their armor right and these bodies litter in like through the archway where there's like a tunnel uh like a hallway leading deeper into what you assume is bloodthirst's like inner ring but there's like so many bodies at least like five or seven like heavily armed guards are just dead like on the ground what do the three of you do? I think maybe we all take pause for a second as we like come up to this. And it goes, fuck, too late, fuck. Uh, and they like push through to try to like be there. They're going forward first. Yeah, when I think. I, oh, when I comes before uh, behind Oka uh, and is summoning some wind to push them even faster. What about you, V? 
Uh, v yeah, is going to come to a screeching halt and uh, watch uh, what Oka and Manai are doing. And I think V is actually going to just like kind of also do one last check like behind them as well and just like just get a little more suspicious about their surroundings. Okay. On edge, perceptive alert, the three of you push your way through this like massive like hallway, right? And it's completely dark, so I'm assuming you're still like, you've got like light going of V, like to illuminate the way. And yep. the three of you hear something before you see it. And it's the same noise that Dewey up on the surface here is coming clanging through that open pipe. It is the noise of a tremendous battle. You hear clanging, you hear what sounds to be like magic streaking through the air, boom, like screaming and shouting, right? Like orders being barked um, and like weird noises too, like like there's like maybe like half a dozen people by the sounds of it, right? Fighting each other, you're not exactly sure. As you get closer and closer running, right? Um, I think we're gonna end the session on two voices coming to a head. You hear one voice layered over with like several other voices. And when you hear this voice V, your heart skips a beat because it was the same double layered voice that rejected you back in the carnival. But now Kane's voice is coming through over it as well. And Kane is saying, you took my life from me. You took my childhood. You took everything from me. And for that, I'm going to rip your heart out. And you hear another voice respond. <laughs> I always knew you were an ungrateful brat. Seize them. Now. Uh, and more sounds of fighting. As Oka, Minaya, and V, the three of you, arrive at the scene of a bloodbath. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Mavilis, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.